Chapter 27 Favor shown by giving Bhagavad and Vishnu Shastra Nam, Dikshit's Vithal Vision, Gita Rahasya Karpades. This chapter describes how Sai Baba favored his devotees by granting them religious books after he had touched and consecrated them for prayayam, that is regular reading and certain other matters. Preliminary When a man takes a plunge into the sea, he gets the merit of bathing in all the tirthas and sacred rivers. Similarly, when a man takes refuge at the feet of the Sadguru, he gets the merit of bowing to the Trinity, that is Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh and also Parabrahma. Victory be unto Shri Sai, the wish-fulfilling tree and the ocean of knowledge who gives us self-realization. O Sai, create in us reverence for your stories. Let the readers and audience devour them with the same relish with which the chatak bird drinks the water from the clouds and becomes happy. While listening to your stories, let them and their families get all the true and pious emotions, that is, let their bodies perspire, let their eyes be full of tears, let their breath be steady, let their minds be composed, let their hair stand on end, let them cry, sob and quiver, let their hostilities vanish. When these things happen, that is a sign of the grace of the Guru dawning upon them. When these emotions grow in you, the Guru is most pleased and will certainly lead you on the path of self-realization. The best way therefore to get free from shackles of Maya is our complete and wholehearted surrender to Baba. The Vedas cannot take you across the ocean of Maya. It is only the Satguru who can do so and make you see the God in all creatures. Granting Consecrated Book The various methods of imparting instructions followed by Baba have already been noticed in the previous chapters. In this, we shall deal with one aspect of it. It was the habit of some devotees to take to Baba some religious books of which they wanted to make a special study and to receive the same back from him after they were touched and consecrated by him. While reading such books daily, they felt that Baba was with them. Once Kaka Mahajani came to Shirdi with a copy of Eknathi Bhagavat. Shama took this book to read in the masjid. There Baba took it from him, touched it and turning some pages here and there, gave it back to Shama and asked him to keep it with him. When Shama said that it belonged to Kaka and had to be returned to him, No, no, replied Baba. As I have given it to you, you better keep it. It will be of use to you. In this way, many books were entrusted to Shama. Kaka Mahajani, after a few days, came again with another copy of the same Bhagavat and gave it to Baba's hands. 
Then Baba gave it back his prasad and asked him to preserve it well and assured him that it would stand him in good stead. Kaka accepted it with reverence. Shama and Vishnu Sahasra Nam Shama was a very intimate devotee of Baba and Baba wanted to favor him in a particular way by giving him a copy of Vishnu Sahasra Nam as Prasad. This was done in the following way. Once a Ram Dasi, that is a follower of the Ram of the Saint Ramadas, came to Shirdi and stayed there for some time. The routine he followed daily was as follows. He got up early in the morning, washed his face, bathed, and then after wearing saffron colored clothes and besmearing himself with sacred ashes, read Vishnu Sahasra Nam, that is a book giving a thousand names in praise of Vishnu and held second in importance to the Bhagavad Gita. And Adhyatma Ramaya, that is the esoteric version of Rama's story with faith. He read these books very often. After some days, Baba thought of favoring and initiating Shama with Vishnu Sahara Nam. He therefore called the Ramadasi to him and said to him that he was suffering from intense stomach pain and unless he took Sanapods, which is Sonamukhi, a mild purgative drug, the pain would not stop. So he should please go to the bazaar and bring the drug. The Ramadasi closed his book and went to the bazaar. Then Baba came from his seat to Ramadasi's place of reading and took out the copy of Vishnu Sahasra Nam and after coming back to his seat said to Shama, Shama, this book is very valuable and efficacious. So I present it to you. You read it. Once I suffered intensely and my heart began to palpitate and my life was in danger. At that critical moment, I hugged this book to my heart and then Shama, what a relief it gave me. I thought that Allah himself came down and saved me. So I give this to you. Read it slowly, little by little. Read daily one name at least and it will do you good. Shama replied that he did not want it and that the owner of it, the Ramadasi, who was a bad-tempered, obstinate and irritable fellow, would certainly pick up a quarrel with him. Besides being a rustic himself, he could not read distinctly the Sanskrit or the Devanagari script, the text of the book. Shama thought that Baba wanted to set, up, set him up against the Ramadasi by this act of his, but he had no idea what Baba felt for him. Baba must have thought to tie his necklace of Vishnu Shahasra Nam round the neck of Shama as he was an intimate devotee, though a rustic, and thus save him from the miseries of worldly existence. The efficacy of God's name is well known. It saves us from all sins and bad tendencies, frees us from the cycle of births and deaths. There is no easier sadhana than this. 
It is the best purifier of our mind. It requires no paraphernalia and no restrictions. It is so easy and so effective. This sadhana Baba wanted Shama to practice, though he did not crave for it, so Baba forced this on him. It is also reported that a long ago, Eknath Maharaj similarly forced this Vishnu Sahasra Nam on a poor Brahmin neighbor and thus saved him. The reading and studying of this Vishnu Sahasra Nam is a broad, open way of purifying the mind and hence Baba thrust this on his devotee Shama. The Ramadasi returned soon with the Sanapods. Anna Chinchanikar, who was then present and wanted to play the part of Narad, the celestial Rishi, who was well known for setting up confrontations between gods and demons and vice versa, informed him of what had happened. The Ramadasi at once flared up. He came down at once on Shama with full fury. He said that it was Shama who set Baba to send him away under the pretext of stomachache for bringing the medicine and thus took away the book. He began to scold and abuse Shama and remarked that if the book was not returned, he would dash his head. Shama calmly remonstrated with him, but in vain. Then Baba spoke kindly to him as follows. O Ramadasi, what is the matter with you? Why are you so turbulent? Is not Shama our boy? Why do you scold him unnecessarily? How is it that you are so quarrelsome? Can you not speak soft and tender words? You read these sacred books daily and still your mind is agitated and your passions uncontrolled. What sort of a Ramadasi are you? You ought to be indifferent to all th these things. Is it not strange that you should possess this book so strongly? A true Ramadasi should, give, should have no mamta, that is attachment, but have shamata, that is equality, towards all. You are now quarrelling with Shama for a mere book. Go take your seat. Books can be had in plenty with money, but not men. Think well and be considerate. What worth is your book? Shama had no concern with it. I took it up myself and gave it to him. You know it is my by heart. I thought Shama might read it and benefit hereby and so I gave it to him. How sweet were these words of Baba, soft, tender and nectar-like. Their effect was wonderful. The Ram Dasi calmed down and said to Shama that he would take Panchratni Gita in return. Shama was much pleased and said, why one? I shall give 10 copies in return. So the matter was ultimately settled. The question for consideration is, why should the Ram Dasi pressed for Panchratni Gita, a book for which he never cared to know? And why should he, who daily read religious books in the masjid in front of Baba, quarrel with Shama before him. We do not know how to apportion the blame and whom to blame. We only say that had this incident not happened, the importance of the subject, the 
efficacy of God's name and the significance of Vishnu Sahasranam would not have been brought home to Shama. So we see that Baba's method of teaching and initiating was unique. In this case, Shama did gradually study the book and mastered its contents to such an extent that he was able to explain it to Professor G. G. Narke, M.A. of the College of Engineering, Pune, the son-in-law of Sriman Bhutti and a devotee of Baba. Vital Vision One day while Kaka Dikshit was in meditation after his morning bath in his vada at Shirti, he saw a vision of Vital. When he went to see Baba afterwards, Baba asked him, did Vital Patel come? Did you not see him? He is very elusive. Hold him fast, otherwise he will give you the slip and run away. Then at noon, a certain hawker came there with 20 or 25 pictures of Vital of Pandarpur for sale. Mr. Dikshit was surprised to see that the form of the Vital he saw in his meditation exactly tallied with that in the picture and he was also reminded of Baba's words. He therefore bought one picture most willingly and kept it in his shrine for worship. Gita Rahasya Baba always loved those who studied Brahma Vidya, metaphysics and encouraged them. To give an instance, once Bapu Sahib Job received a post parcel. It contained a copy of Gita Rahasya by Lokmanya Tilak. Taking it under his armpit, he came to the masjid and prostrated before Baba when the parcel fell at Baba's feet. Baba inquired what it was. It was opened then and there and the book was placed in Baba's hand. He turned some pages here and there for a few minutes and took out a rupee from his pocket, placed it on the book and handed the same with the rupee to Jog and said to him, read this completely and you will be benefited. Mr. and Mrs. Karpade Let us close this chapter with a description of the Karpades. Once Dada Saheb Karpade came with his family and lived in Shirdi for some months. The diary of his days has been published in English in the Sri Sai Lila magazine, one volume. Dada Saheb was not an ordinary man. He was the affluent and the most famous advocate of Amravati, Birari, and was a member of the Council of the State in Delhi. He was intelligent and a very good speaker. Still, he dare not open his mouth before Baba. Most devotees spoke and argued with Baba off and on, but only three verses, Karpade, Nulkar and Bhuti, kept always silent. They were meek, modest, humble and good-natured. Dada Saheb, who was able to expound Panchadashi, that is, well-known Sanskrit uh, priesthoods on the Advait policy of the famous Vidya Rayana to others uttered no word. When he came to the masjid before Baba, a man however learned he may be even in Vedas fades away before one who has realized Brahma and becomes one with it. 
Learning cannot stand before self-realization. Tata Sahib stayed for four months, but Mrs. Kalpade stayed for seven. Both were highly pleased with their Shirdi's stay. Mrs. Karpade was faithful and devout and loved Baba deeply. Every noon she brought Naivedya herself to the masjid and after it was accepted by Baba, she used to return and take her meals. On seeing her steady and firm devotion, Baba wanted to exhibit it to others. One noon she brought a dish containing sansa, that is the wheat pudding, puris, rice, soup and kheer that is sweet rice, and other sundry articles to the masjid. Baba, who usually waited for hours, got up at once, went up to his seat, and removing the cover from the dish, began to partake of the things zealously. Shama then asked him, why this partiality? At times you throw away dishes of others and do not care to look at them, but this appeals to you earnestly. Why is the dish brought by this lady so sweet? This intrigues us, Baba then explained. This food is really extraordinary. In former birth, this lady was a merchant's fat cow, yielding much milk. Then she disappeared and took birth in a gardener's family, then in a Kshatriya family and married a merchant. Then she was born in a Brahmin family. I saw her after a very long time. Let me take some sweet morsels of love from her dish. After saying this, Baba did full justice to her dish, washed his mouth and hands belched out as he was fully satisfied and resumed his seat. Then she bowed down and began to shampoo Baba's legs and he began to talk with her and knead her arms while which were shampooing his legs. On seeing this reciprocal service, Shama began to joke and said, It is going on well. It is a wonderful sight to see God and his bhakta serving each other. After being pleased with her sincere service, Baba asked her in low and fascinating tone to chant Raja Ram, Raja Ram, then and always and said, if you do this, your life's object will be achieved, your mind will attain peace and you will be immensely benefited. To persons unfamiliar with spiritual matters, this might appear as a polite gesture, but really it was not so. It was a case of what is technically called Shaktipat, that is transference of power from the Guru to the disciple. How effective were Baba's words. In an instant, they pierced her heart and remained there. This case illustrates the nature of the relations that should subsist between the Guru and the disciple. Both should love and serve each other as one. There is no distinction nor any difference between them. Both are one and one cannot live without the other. The disciple placing his head at the Guru's feet is a gross or outward vision really and internally they are both one and the same. Those who see any difference between them are yet unripe and not perfect. Bow to Sri Sai. Peace be to all.